Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series Star Trek Discovery. Today, we're going to take a look at the premiere of season two of Star Trek Discovery entitled Brother. Like always, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who Story himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? Hey, it is a brand new uh, season of Star Trek Discovery. Watched it already twice and can't wait to talk about it. So glad to be here. Cool beans. Also, we have the tech historian, my dear brother, Carrie Brown. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Excited to be here. Cool. And last, but certainly <laughs> not least, we have the Stargate story and Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, dude? I'm doing good. <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm glad to be here. And I'm oh. glad Carrie's joining us again. I've, I've missed you, man. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, man. Good to have have you back. What we do here on this podcast is review each episode of Star Trek Discovery in somewhat excessive detail, in addition to talking all things Trek. So, guys, what have you been up to? What's going on in the life of the host? Are we excited about season two? Everybody re-up their uh, CBS All Access. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I think I re-upped mine like 30 minutes before the show premiered, so yep, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm, piggy- I'm piggybacking on somebody else's, so that I had them renew theirs. Hey, however you can watch, man. However you can watch. There's no news. I have no news. The news of the day is this episode entitled Brother. Are we ready to get into the episode, guys? Yes. Oh yeah, let's go for it. Let's go. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand the battle station. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 1, entitled Brother, which aired January 17th, 2019. If you switch that around to the British way, they were at their dates, 1701. Uh, uh. And the crew of the USS Discovery joins forces with Captain Pike to unravel the mystery of seven mysterious red sentinels that have appeared across the universe. First, we get into it with the opener, that iconic line, space, the final frontier. Now, what did you guys think of this black and white footage we got at the very beginning of this episode? Did it trigger anybody's memory of something that happened in our recent events? Hmm. Didn't trigger a memory, but I thought it was darn cool. So uh, if you freeze frame that, the first frame of that black and white footage says Cat Cassini, which is one of the most. Now, this is an actual event. One of the most ambitious efforts ever mounted in planetary exploration, a joint endeavor between NASA the and the European Space Agency and the Italian Space Agency. Uh, it was sophisticated robotic spacecraft sent to study Saturn and its complex system of rings and moons in unprecedented detail. And all that footage you saw there at the beginning was actually footage from that spacecraft. Now, you may have remembering it because a couple of years ago, it actually crashed into Saturn, if I remember correctly. So I guess you may have to be plugged into space stuff to know that. But uh, I did have to research it, but I, I thought that was pretty cool how they incorporated that footage. You know, even if I didn't recognize it, the simple fact of you took something that was present or near present and like you said, incorporated, that's cool. Yeah, and I'll drop the link to the YouTube video for that uh, yeah. where you can go and watch it. This is pretty cool stuff. 
So, uh, what do we think of the opening of this episode, the introduction of Burnham to the Sarek family? Uh, any takeaways? Was it cool? What do we think about Spock's reaction? Uh, thoughts? Uh, Spock was being kind of emo. I couldn't get past just how weird Spock looked as a child. I mean, it's just not, I don't know, it's just, that that didn't work for me, just the way they, they dressed up the kid to look at Spock, and that just kind of distracted me from the whole thing, from that opening yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a bit different. Of course, we saw, um, I don't know how many times we've actually seen flashbacks. There was a flashback in the, I know in the Abrams movie, we had a flashback with Kid Spock. So I don't know how many times they've actually done it. Uh, it he did look kind of weird. <laughs> I will admit that. He did look a bit weird. Are we just okay with the, at this point, I'm just say overuse of hollow projections? In this show, mm. I thought that was a bit much. Just the, the, you know, Spock. This is Michael, and then he just flourishing around, like almost like waving a Harry Potter wand, trying to do a a spell or something. Mm-hmm. I just, I just that felt kind of over the top. As like they just had some extra money in their CG budget, budget, and they were like, "Hmm, what can we do?" Oh God. Mm. <laughs> and we see, will I'm get to go, that. <laughs> see, I'm going to go the exact opposite with that. I saw him as being, well, f- for starters, I saw him as being a lot younger than she was and thinking of him maybe four to seven, eight years old. The hair didn't really bother me that much. As far as the um, CG, the graphics, I saw that as being a little kid that was really ticked off from going from being I'm the only child yeah. to here comes another one and you're not even my blood relative and that was acting out. I thought that was done really, really well and I liked it. Kyle, but anger is an emotion. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I was about to say is like right. it was really weird to see like I guess I don't really know I, I, how, how Vulcan children should act, but this was it just seemed weird to see a Vulcan child kind of acting out. Yeah. But he's kinda really weird. not a Vulcan child. Well, to his defense, he's half human, half human, right. half Vulcan. So, yeah, still very different I mean, from the Spock we see. You know, yeah, I guess that's the thing is the stark contrast to how he is in, in the shows and when he's older. But he is a kid, so. Yeah. yeah. And then we flash right to the scene of the Right after the season finale from last season, uh, when Discovery receives a priority one distress call from the Enterprise. Okay, I have so many things to unpack right here, but I want to ask, you know, at the end of last season, the Enterprise came in, you know, like a shining light on the hill right in front of the Discovery. And I've seen other people complain about this, too. Did it look like the Enterprise was actually in distress from that last uh, image we got at the end of last season? No. No, not at all. It looked like perfect, perfect. And again, like that's one of the things I've seen a lot of people complaining about. Like if the Enterprise was actually in distress, you know, I think Burnham states that uh, the life support system was the only thing that was online. Everything else was offline. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, you got to you got to take her for what it is, dude. It's fan service retconned in the plot. Like, that's what it is. It was fan service at the end of the last season. And then they were like, okay, how can we make a story out of this? And that's what like that's what I got from it anyway. 
Yeah, true. And I, I guess I have to ask, what do you think of the look of the Enterprise as compared to what we've seen from other ships and the Discovery? I thought it was cool. I mean, I'll just go ahead and say this right now. You're not going to have any negative coming out of me from this episode. There is absolutely nothing I can say, even remotely negative. And I'm going to hold it for a little bit, but there is something that I'm going to say about this episode that will probably uh, come back to haunt me. But having said that, you, no negative. I, I thought it was great. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, what about the rest of you guys? The, just the look of the Enterprise? Oh, I was just going to say, like, I um didn't really have a problem with the way the Enterprise looked. It was just their uniforms just kind of stuck out kind of <laughs> weird. Okay. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. One of my... One of the things or the issues I have with, and it, it happens actually later in the episode, but I'll talk about it since we're on the Enterprise, you know. It has been away on a deep space mission, and it was not summoned back for the war. We didn't see it any of season one to the very end. Eh? <laughs> this is your flagship, and we're not going to bring it back for the war. We may get more explanation for it as the season goes on. But honestly, it but, just feels weird and out of place. But they gave they gave an explanation, didn't they? Go, what, I mean, they, they they wrote it off as being on a on a five year mission. Yeah, no, 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 no. They, they actually they actually made reference toward the end to it being like a last resort in case something did go bad with the war. That the Enterprise was still out there. That it could. You know, be used as a last resort. They they made a reference to that toward the end. Can they be the the remain the last remaining humans or something? <laughs> Maybe I, 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 mean, didn't, I, mean, I didn't get that. It just felt dumb to me. It I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, Cal. But I mean, I don't see how things could have got worse than they did at the end of the last season, and yet and still they didn't call the Enterprise back. Like it was pretty hairy there at the end. Yeah, I mean, I don't. You know, it's like. But either I dreamed it. I mean, I'm not like that's not an opinion. I either dreamed that or they actually did say that. Yeah, they they did say something about um like keeping them as a last last resort. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. I mean, I'm not saying it's logical. I'm just saying that that you know that that's what I remembered. Like you know, we talked about it before. They said we weren't going to have the well. They didn't say we weren't going to have the Enterprise, but said we wouldn't have Spock and other characters we know and love. But they've kind of went back on that completely and it seems like the plot of this season is strongly hinged on these classic characters that they said we weren't gonna get it's just really weird star trek season two the search for spock yes that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is and of course you know we stay on the line of the enterprise we have stamets giving props to the specs of the enterprise saying you know oh if 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 it got disabled it must have been a really big threat because it's the enterprise ooh which i thought was cool and then you have detmer saying she's a beauty so you know they they're giving a nod they're giving a nod so we see where the distress call is re- received and you know, uh, a science officer and a engineer and Captain Piker are beaming aboard. And we see Saru and Burnham heading off to the transporter room. Um, did anybody else know Jordy, notice Jordy 2.0 in the transporter <laughs> room? I did. <laughs> yeah. It was real- I guess that would be Jordy 0.1, wouldn't it? Jordy Beta? <laughs> Jordy Beta. Jordy Alpha. Yeah, there you and- go. 
and and can I just say like the replacement science officer like eventually this plays out, but like when I first saw him, I was just like, man, that dude has a really punchable face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree with that. That dude was a oh, he got on my nerves. I'm not going to say it on the podcast. But you fill in the blank. A <laughs> hole, man. Golly. Well, that's Connor Lee, and I, I think the other officer's name was Nan. So we see Pike coming aboard with, you know, two in tow, uh, saying that he's there on the regulation 19 section C. I love Pike in this episode. I'm going to just say it right now. He is freaking awesome. <laughs> you, you mentioned the look of the uniforms, Gary. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's talk about the look of the, look of the uniforms and then let's, um, you know, kind of transition into Pike. So, so what do you guys think of the look of the uniforms? First of all, it's a stark, it's a stark contrast to, to the one, to the overall type they're wearing now. And I mean, really kind of stuck out like a sore thumb. Not that they're bad, yeah. not that they look bad, but when you put them next to each other, there's just like a jarring difference between the two. It's like, I know why they did it, but I still don't think they should have done it. Really? I guess. Yeah. Huh. They're the new, I'm holding up Colts, new uniforms. <laughs> but if if they're the new uniforms, then why did they change into the old ones when they got on the ship? Yeah, I don't know. And then if they're the new uniforms, how come they were using them and they were away for five years? I don't, I don't know. It's, I, I think, like you said, it's just a nod to the past, which is cool. Which is cool. I thought I thought they looked good actually. Uh, myself, it looks like they just dipped the current uniforms in like gold and red, and they were <laughs> they were done. That kind, kind of reminded of me thinking. of Aquaman. <laughs> oh, you were wrong for that. You were wrong for that. <laughs> just I mean, just just the sh- bright and shiny of it. He just kind of like I mean, I'm just just waiting for him to pull out to try it and have this long flowy hair. <laughs> oh man, and dude, I freaking love Captain Pike, man. He had all the quips. All the quips, man, um, which I just <sighs> thought was great. And, you know, if you've seen the cage, to me, is like a stark contrast. Whereas in the cage, he's very he's a very uh, troubled, troubled with, you know, an event that occurred before that actual episode. And he was contemplating leaving Starfleet, whereas here he is upbeat, quippy. I loved his command presence. You know, that should not cover your neighbor's starship. You know, <laughs> I just thought he was great. Uh, what are you guys' your opinions on Pike? I liked well, him. Well, I actually, Clarence, had a question for you. Do you know if what we reviewed in the cage, does that come in before or after what we're watching? It is before. Before. It okay, is before. Yes, I think if I'm remembering correctly, the cage is supposedly takes place 13 years before TOS and Discovery uh, is 10. You. So, gotcha. yeah, I, I think I believe it's before, but who knows if they'll try to retcon that. So I don't know. Cool. But 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 to answer your question, I absolutely liked him. I mean, I like the fact that he used their first names, you know, that he, he was very personable. He was coming in. He took command. And he made himself human and he acknowledged the uh, captain that they had before and was a complete stark contrast to what they had before. So totally, totally liked him. And one of my favorite lines associated with him is, I thought I broke the captain. (laughs) Oh, Tilly, your favorite. (laughs) 
<laughs> what do you think here? <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I want to preface this, but like, I, I feel like I'm being overly critical, but I did enjoy the episode overall. I just felt like, you know, we in, in the first season, we had these dark, I don't even, maybe, you know, even complex, maybe not complex characters. We had these dark, like, brooding, like, captains. And then he comes off as, to me, he just comes off kind of hokey, like, kind of corny. I don't know. I, I I liked him, but it just felt like his his character was a little forced to me. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's everything you just said is what I loved about him. <laughs> I love that he was hopeful and he was very to me he was very captainy. You know what I'm saying? Even more yeah, so, yes. even, even yeah, more agree, so than than you know, I'm thinking of Picard and you know, yeah. he's even more captainy than they are. But you know, as he got in, got up in front of the view screen and you saw all the recommendations he had, you know, he, he, he starts to humanize himself. Well, he's already human. So maybe it doesn't make sense. He starts to re- make himself relatable by showing his elf, you know, at the yeah. very beginning when he stands up. So to me, he's making large strides to try to bring this crew in. And if you, I don't know if you guys did this, but if you like pause, the screen when they showed the stuff behind him, dude, he has like every award ever. I mean, it, it was just kind of endless. He, it, I, I can't even begin to name the stuff he had. It was like a long list of things that he's accommodations and things like that, which I thought was freaking awesome because he's, he's been around for a while. We also see in that screenshot where now I don't know if this was, if they did that, this for, discovery or this was from before but i didn't know that he served under robert april which is the original captain of the enterprise so i don't know if they retconned that for discovery or not but i thought that was pretty cool he served under him before getting enterprise so you know what i don't know i'm just i just really love pike i love his presence and Mount is awesome you know i get to hear him talk this time we didn't get to hear him talking um What's the name of the show? Uh, Inhumans. Inhumans. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought he was great. Yeah, I enjoyed him, too. I just, like, I don't know. It just it just kind of stuck out to me. Like, the, but he's definitely more Kirk than, like, Lorca or Giorgio. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's he's back in that vein. So, I mean, I get it. I understand. Yeah, and I, I even felt like Giorgio was a little hopeful, too. We didn't get much of her, but, you know, I felt like she was kind of hopeful, you know? In, a, in an impossible situation there when we saw her, but I felt like she still felt like a hopeful captain, you know, and, and from me reading the books, I've seen her, you know, outside of the show where she's still that same quippy, um, hopeful self. And actually I've seen, I've read about Pike in one of the books as well. So him and Giorgio actually worked together, um, in, uh, what, which book is it? Desperate hours, I believe. But yeah, that, that was a really good, really good read. If you guys ever get, get a chance to check that out. But moving on, like Kyle mentioned, we had the crew sound off, which I thought was awesome as well. It was another chance to, uh, well, a chance for us to figure out who the crew is, first of all, because I'm doubtful that most of the people watching even knew because you see, you don't see much of them. And, 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 and when you do see them, it's just like a quick cut, you know, and it's over. But we got the sound off. We got Arium. You know, the, our beloved Arium from the comic series. Mirror uh, Universe. <laughs> yeah. Queen. The uh, Queen Arium to some. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty freaking awesome to actually hear her talk because I don't even remember hearing her talk in the first season. Agreed. Uh, but yeah, we got the sound off and let's 
talk about how the mission actually played out. So we know there's these red bursts, which I'm kind of confused. How do we know the red? Uh, but anyway, red bursts that are spread across 30,000 light years. So they got a fix on one and Pike's mission is there to track that signal and get more information. What's, what's our thoughts on this first mission to this asteroid? Um, we see where they go and have to go down. They, they discover a ship that's crashed there and they go and investigate. Just, just what's the general thoughts on that whole mission? Never tell me the odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where's my like, red thing? Yeah, it's like, dude, like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, to me, the reason I enjoyed the first season of Star Trek Discovery was because it's so unlike it was so unlike any other Star Trek. And then they kind of they kind of tied it back in at the end of the first season. And now I just feel like I'm getting generic Star Trek and I don't know if I like it. Hmm. Jeremy, I kind of agree, but I think I do like it. I, I enjoyed the first season because it was much darker than what we've had before. But I think, you know, kind of circling it back to what we've had, what we've already had, I think is a good, it's a good move. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Okay. So, so I'm going to kind of disagree in the not liking. I mean, I know you guys said you liked it, but, um, I, I think they purposely went away a little bit from the dark, uh, aspects of the Klingons and all the espionage because it's coming. We're going to see them again. We're going to have more of that. I think this was the purpose of introducing the new captain. I mean, excuse me, the new captain creating some camaraderie between him and the crew so that when you do go into the darker aspects again, you're not sitting here or I'm not sitting here. No one's watching, sitting there going, well, they barely even know each other. I mean, so now they got to go blah, 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 blah. You spent this episode giving uh, that relationship build. I can see that. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do feel like it was like a good trying to build that camaraderie, especially when they're trying to. Ooh, we can't beam down, you know, classic tra- uh, Star Trek. <laughs> like Gary mentioned, classic Star Trek right there. Uh, which, can I just say it? Did this episode have too much CG in it? Yes. No. I just, I, I love it. I love the cinematic appeal of it. But to me, that whole new and improved worker bee thing, um, nine G's, <laughs> to me, that was just an excuse to have a lot of CG. You know, let's have some turmoil. Let's have Burnham rescue Captain Pike. That whole landing sequence, man. Like, yeah. I only liked one thing about that landing sequence. Can you guess what it is? <laughs> Connolly getting offed, probably. Don't tell me what to believe. <laughs> he got punched in the face by the asteroid. <laughs> oh, so he did get punched in the face. There you go. By, well, yeah, by the asteroid. There you go. <laughs> that was awesome. I just feel like it went, it kind of went on too long. You know, like I felt like they could have done that whole thing in like half the time. But yeah, know. it felt like mm-hmm. fluff. I mean, OK, they said we need to go down, take uh, transport enhancers, classic Star Trek, and able to beam, you know, the survivors back up. Lo and behold, to get down there, the transporter work that works. Now, what I don't understand is after we go down there, we meet Janet Reno slash Tignataro. She's saved all these people, kept them from dying. She has her little friends flying around investigating everything. 
Like, Burnham misses the transport. If they can transport down, how does Pike transport back down to save Burnham? And how are they transported out? Because he's Captain Pike. <laughs> did they? Did they? I can't remember. Did they explain why they couldn't scan the asteroid just to see if there was life? Like, why did they have to actually go down there to I see think, if there was anybody alive? I think it was it had something to do with that intense gravitational field. Um, you know, because they mentioned that the asteroid had its own gravity and atmosphere. Uh. So I think it had something to do with that. But that being said, and come on, like, this is you, a spe- have a, you have you have a spaceship that can transcend time and space, and you can't <laughs> scan a rock. Like, <laughs> hey man, we have to have some some uh, mystery. We got to draw the plot, man. We have to draw the plot. All right, so, so let let me say this real quick about that sequence. I would agree about it being a little bit too long as in regards to the landing except if they didn't make you think that the red uh the person in the red suit you you know it's star trek uh that the person in the red suit's going to get killed and you not only did you have her in a red suit she was in a bright red suit i mean and i think maybe you were creating a little bit of suspense wondering when she was going to get killed and whammo here goes uh connerly these multicolor spacesuits were just weird. I'm sorry. They were just weird. So here's what I wrote down about the, uh, when they were uh, about to get into the um, whatever the ship things or whatever. I wrote down, let's go Voltron. <laughs> it did feel like Voltron. <laughs> exactly like Voltron. Even the way they popped out of there, which again, like another excuse to use a lot of CG, you know. It, oh, one part that really, you know, kind of threw me off is when they're in the transport and they're um, going to the shuttle bay. Why are we seeing like all the interior of the ship? It doesn't it it just felt weird. It's like it, it didn't feel like we we're on a starship, you know, feel like we we're on a probably a space station or something. It just it just felt weird to me. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, um, I guess we should talk about Burnham's vision of this red thing thoughts where is it going to take the season i guess we've kind of gotten spoiled on this if you've seen a preview or any other other trailers any thoughts on what it could be mm. well we know that it's connected somehow to spock so let's go ahead and talk about the end burnham goes into spock's quarters and she sees his little toy thing with the voice message and uh, apparently he knows all about these things and is off searching for them apparently <laughs> at I don't know what else we can say about that. <laughs> so was Spock on the five year mission if he's off looking for these things? Or did he like leave to go look he for took these things leave as soon or as something. they came back? Yeah, he took he I mean according to Pike he took a leave. He said something to the effect like uh Spock was troubled and he didn't he didn't even know what was wrong with him and he he took a leave, so indefinite leave. So I don't know. I guess we're uh, left to believe that's going to be like Carrie said, the search for Spock is going to be like the driving for it's going to suck if we don't <laughs> see him to like the last few episodes. I'm probably going to be mad a little bit, but mm. so do you mind me asking a question about the five year mission? Yeah, go ahead. So my, I, I'm a little confused here. So are there multiple five year missions or is there a singular <laughs> five year mission? 
for probably multiple different crews. I mean, there. Uh, th- this is obviously like Pike's five year mission, and I guess uh, when Kurt you. comes, it's a he has his another five, five years. Year. Okay, got you. Yeah. So I guess we kind of went through the plot. Um, let's just I mentioned this already, but let's just talk about the like the the comedy in the episode. Is it is it time for Tilly to get serious? Really, she's in the command training program, but she is just so goofy. Maybe even worse than last season in this episode. I cannot see her being a captain. I know everybody keeps saying it, but I just, I mean, she's so flustered when dude, she's scanning old dude's finger. It's like, come on, man. Like, eh. (laughs) (laughs) Eh. Uh. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. I like chili now. (laughs) I can't help it. Yeah. What do we think about like when the alien sneezes on the, the science guy? Um, Connerly, right before he gets punched in the face. That was one of my favorite scenes, I think, as far as the comedy was was concerned. It's it was cool just because that dude was being such a, you know what, like it was nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it felt kind of out of place to me. It just just too took me felt- out of the moment. You know what officer would do that to another one? I mean, he turned <laughs> in his direction to sneeze on him. It felt more Star Wars than Star Trek. Mm, honestly, I can see that. But, you know, I get it, I guess. I don't know. And, of course, we have, you know, the whole Janet Reno, Tigna Tyro thing. I thought she was pretty funny. Uh, but to me, she makes, like, a pretty good Starfleet officer, even though she seems kind of out there a little bit. <laughs> she was my favorite part of the episode, honestly. Really? Like, she was really, really. I really like her. I don't I know. I know there was a big like brouhaha or whatever. People were excited when she was announced to be on the cast. I don't know who she was before this, but she was like perfect. So, yeah, I hope we get to see more of her. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I liked her character. I just don't know for some reason if we can trust her character. And I don't know why I just said that. But there you there you go. I don't know. Yeah, that, that whole situation being on there. So I'm I'm with you. Something doesn't sit right with me about that whole situation. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Tig Nataro's, um Tonight Show interview where she's talking about Star Trek, she is, she knows nothing about Star Trek. So she is she's like, yeah, they had me on here saying all these fast words and stuff. I didn't know I was saying it was it's pretty a pretty good interview. I may drop a clip in right here, but it's, it's really funny. You definitely should go check it out. Um, Yeah. And I guess the only other thing I have is um. Saru's threat gang- ganglia. We had a moment when it went off and the dude was just staring at him. Are you surprised? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I thought that was pretty great. All right, guys. Well, I think I've gone through all my notes about the episode. Um, I did want to mention, too, I loved how when you speak of the, the episode title, Brother, you know, of course, of course, the whole episode is about, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Burnham struggled with Spock as witnessed from that opening scene, but I also think it's like a brothers in arms thing as well. We see where Pike, you know, has his idea. We're not going to leave anybody behind. You know, he goes back to save Burnham. So, you know, I feel like that was kind of part of episode two where, you know, we're, we're a group. We're bonding sound off. We're seeing the crew come together in this episode versus last season where, you know, everything was kind of up in turmoil. So. Oh, did we mention Stamets? Mm, no, we didn't. What do you think about him leaving the ship to go teach at the Vulcan Science Academy? Guess they better find another tardigrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plus we got the whole thing of the spores being excited when 
when they came close to the asteroid. I wonder where they're going with that. Was this just a random happenstance that they found this mineral that was so powerful, as you always hear on sci-fi stuff? Was it just random happenstance that they found this mineral or does it have something to do with with the Red Angel? I don't know. Uh, I think we've seen stuff in some previews that may allude to this rock thing being a little more substantial than than what it may come off as in his first episode. But they captured a freaking asteroid, which was weird and cool at the same time. I mean, like the only thing <laughs> other thing that I have to talk about is just the, the preview thing that they um showed. Was I just imagining it or did they show a scene with with her kissing Spock? No, 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 no. That was what's that was Takuma. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ash Tyler. Yeah. All right. Anybody? Anybody else have any takeaways from this episode before we move on? Because I I guess we're ready to wrap wrap up real quick. So, anybody else have anything? Okay. I actually do. I have actually three things. Um, The first one is I really like the um, back and forth between Michael and Amanda. I I don't know. There was just something about all the interchanges that they had from the very first meeting and everything that they showed. I really, really liked that. And I wrote down in my notes, uh, I bless you, Michael, all my life, which, I re- you know, something about how she said that. I really, really liked that. Uh, the second thing is uh, they mentioned Suru's sister, which ties into one of the short treks, which I thought was cool. Yes. Awesome. And... The other thing, which was really, really awesome to me and actually kind of gave me uh, a chill there for a second, was right. And I think this was toward the end. uh, There is something that said, I think it was when uh, Burnham and the uh, Pike are having the conversation and he leaves the um, fortune cookie on the table and it says not every cage is a prison and not every loss eternal, which I thought was yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Like you said, a shout out to Jeffrey Hunter, the original Captain Pike, which I thought was yes. pretty awesome. Yes. Yeah. So, guys, I guess we're ready to wrap things up. Unless you have anything, Jeremy. Um, this is probably one of the most well written episodes of this series, in my opinion. I mean, the dialogue was 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 on point. The acting was on point. This this episode kind of made me excited for this season. So, yeah. So if it keeps going in this direction, it's probably going to be one of our better Star Trek shows if they if they can keep it up. Yeah, they they definitely have a pretty decent premise that that should be able to drive the season going forward. You know, it's it you know the season is going to be all about these these red bursts and Spock. So I think they have an excellent premise. Whereas last season the premise was all about war, uh, which you know some didn't like. Um, or maybe it wasn't portrayed in a way that a lot of people loved. So I, I think this, this what they're doing now is going to allow for a lot of exploration, allow us to go to a lot of different places, which can be exciting. Uh, so I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm definitely ready for that. So, guys, we're ready to wrap things up. We're going to go around a horn and see what everybody is working on. Let's start first with you, Jeremy. What's going on, man? Uh, um, well, Jonathan and I just did another episode of our J&J Start Talking. We posted last week. Um, and we should have another one coming up in next week or so, hopefully, if we can figure out a good topic. Um, other than that, you know, I'm just working and watching more Star Trek. Cool beans, man. What about you, Carrie? What you working on, man, podcast later or otherwise? Uh, well, of course, you know, every Wednesday we do Tech Edition Live. Tech oh, Edition yeah. Podcast. We go on Facebook Live and 
answer questions and discuss news stories and stuff. Um, other than that, only thing, other thing I want to say is not really Star Trek related, but if you have a chance to go see Dragon Ball Super Broly, I don't care if you watch Dragon Ball or not. If you if you appreciate like good action um, in movies, I recommend you go see it because the fighting scenes are phenomenal um, and you will not regret it. So there you go. Sweet. Awesome. And I really do want to see that movie. Uh, I think I know some people around this in the Mississippi area that went. Not sure what theater they went to, but but I definitely want to check it out. So what about you, Cal, man? What are you working on podcast later or otherwise, man? All right. Well, before I say what I'm working on, I do have one last thing that I failed to mention about this episode, if you don't mind me interjecting it real quick. Go for it. So I would go so far as to say, after watching this episode, that I enjoyed this singular episode and was more excited and was more excited about watching it a second time for watching this episode of Discovery than probably, if I say a total of 11 episodes, probably only three out of 11 episodes of another show that I normally watch were less exciting than Star Trek Discovery was this week. I won't mention what that show is, but if you want to find out some other things that Clarence and I are working on, you can uh, find us on Discussing Who, where we talk all things Doctor Who, and that's at DiscussingWho.com. Cool beans. Wow. Uh, That is okay. Big, (laughs) Big compliment, right? I guess so. Wow. I can believe that, actually. Cool. Well, well, guys, we're ready to wrap things up. Uh, thank you all for joining if you made it this far. And if you have questions or comments, please send them in to fans at DiscussingTrek.com and follow us on all the social medias. So, all right, guys, until next time, live long and prosper. Listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com/slash subscribe.